0: with the outer value so today is part two of summarizing and commenting on an interview with Ray Dalio and Jeremy Grantham so go back to part one yesterday if you want to see uh, the first half but today is probably going to be more than ten minutes long and certainly more than two minutes so if you're on Twitter click one of the links to go to the full episode and if you're on one of the 10 minute versions on LinkedIn and TikTok and where else for this 10 minute short form, oh, Instagram, then uh, go to one of the larger episodes, the longer episodes on uh, YouTube or Spotify or other podcast platforms. Anyway, let's get into it. So, part two. So, they were asked the question, both of them, this is, they're both talking together. How are you? How are the trends you and Jeremy have been describing likely to play out in the next five to ten years? Ray was asked. So he said, this is the, this is a three, this has been a, a three year, the last three years has been a very aggressive monetary expansion. There's a lot of inflation pressure. And I noticed he said that on a short form video that's just posted on his channel to YouTube, uh, in the last few hours. So there's been a lot of inflation pressure and everybody's long, Everything's been long and wants everything to go up, it creates a dynamic where everything goes up. And there's the short-term business cycle of seven years on average, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter. You said we're moving, we seem to be moving a bit faster at the moment. We're going to be in a tight environment, and that's that and that changes everything. So returns on equities and well-being of companies. It's going to affect that and the rising rates creates a squeeze on equities. Change It changes the economics and the cost of debt is changing. So basically it's implying that asset prices should probably be suppressed or go down. Uh, there's a shock, a punch in the face, as Jeremy describes. And what he's talking about there is, is the bubble bursting, a bubble bursting. He's not as explicit as Jeremy when he's talking about bubbles, but he does definitely seem to see it because that's what Jeremy just described a bubble bursting a big one so he says uh, this thing things everyone believes in that tech companies like in the tech bubble and they're getting hammered so people believe that tech companies were where the future they're going to go up and he said like a, the, the negative the 75 the 75% decline in Kathy woods funds he mentioned that uh the core um and so but he says companies adapt and uh you know corporations adapt when times change and we're just at the beginning of that and it's most similar to the 1970s he thinks and jeremy grantham says something similar to that that first the bubble bursting and then he thinks we're going to an environment similar to the 1970s so ray says this the 22 the 2022 election will have a big impact he thinks He talked yesterday about, he thinks geopolitics and politics will have a bigger impact than economics or an impact on economics over the next period of time. He thinks that we'll see a greater political extremism. Uh, Moderates are leaving, there are lots of populists, both from the left and the right, and there's a risk that the system is in jeopardy because of extremism and people not accepting losing, like losing the election. That's what happened last time, right? And he sees that in the euro you risk in the US and Europe is in the same is in that position. So, you know, pretty not very pretty pessimistic there you could have to say. it will it will be important to diversify well in terms of investing, he thinks, and to be long and short different assets in order to that perform well in that environment, like an inflationary environment and a low asset growth environment. So then they turn to Jeremy and ask him, uh, we have a market today that feels superficially like 2000, he says. I think that it's going to play out initially like 2000. The bust that happened in 2000 was quite a long bear market after that. Unfortunately, I think it's going to phase into the 1970s. And the deflationary effects on the economy and the stock market will result in a longer a world rather like the 1970s in which all assets will be priced lower than they are today so they're both kind of on the same page there so what he says about inflation is that i agree with ray that monetary policy and general fed overstimulus for 35 years the war and COVID, all three influences that guarantee we have we have a problem in the short and medium term but he says what worries him is the longer-term inflation worries. We are running out of people in China, and the U.S., the developed world. All will be squeezed for labor. He talks about, this is talking about population decline here, not replacement rate. We have a scarcity in developing, developing in resources as well. he's so talking about population decline in developing and in China as well, Europe, U.S and uh resources, but also at the same time as resource scarcity, so we're digging, we're digging deeper oil wells we're uh, the the iron ore is not the quality of iron ore is going down uh didn't know that the first the the so the quality one's the first to go it said for a hundred years tech got ahead of scarcity tech, tech tech got us ahead of scarcity we are getting to run out over the over the past twenty years. We are fragile now, Uh, COVID showed that and the same applies to food, this pressure, price pressure on raw materials, metal, food and long term and long term on labour. It feels like a new era in which inflation will be part of the background music like it was in the 20th century. So there he's talking about scarcity of raw materials continuing in, in, you know, text, got ahead of that every time we thought there was scarce there. This has been happening for hundreds of years. We're coming to the end, resources have run out, and then we find a way to produce more. But he's saying that, you know, you can agree or disagree with that. I tend to think tech, mate, efficiency, tech, sustainability. But he's into that too, as he as he does explain later. He's one of the biggest area areas he's focusing on investing in climate climate tech. So he said the Fed hasn't got a clue about the debt bubble that's there, and uh, the more debt creating more growth is not proven in the data, which is the assumption at the moment, and there's no evidence for it. It's it's to do with higher risk from time to time. And Ray says, reiterates, you might've heard this before, cash is trash, still thinks cash is trash. You <clears> get <throat> inflation environment, bonds, and debt aren't going to be good, he thinks. Claims of financial assets, claims on financial assets, so you talk about financial assets not being real, like it's not being like money, it's just a claim on, if you've got an appreciating asset, there's a claim on that, it could go down. So he said, uh, he said, prepare yourself, position yourself for inflation and assets going down, and i put and, and assets going down, that's my notes because uh, that's seems to be the implication, and I agree with Jeremy on commodities. Okay, so they both think there's pressure on commodities. Com- companies adapt to a commodity super cycle. You have, to, uh, neg- you have to, you have negative returns in that environment. He's talking about negative returns, not on commodities, but in general assets. <clears throat> Separate alpha from the beta, he thinks. How to create a balanced corporate value in that environment. So he explains you can reduce risk and uh, raise returns by having inflation, by by rising inflation investments, inflation invest investments that will perform well in an inflationary environment. He's talking about that's largely missing from portfolios now. He thinks, and we should be very well diversified. That's what he's uh, recommending. It's not my recommendation. Not uh, not investment advice. This is just entertainment so the the social and political conflicts will be a big investment thing in coming years he thinks uh you need places with good income statements and balance sheets, places meaning companies and countries so that they will can weather weather those things. I think he might mean weather the storm, but he doesn't come out and say that and they also and also civil and And they are civil with each other. So, sort of, he's talking about sort of safe places, really. Internal conflict and bad finances are going to be defining characteristics of where to invest uh, or even where to be physically. So he's pretty pessimistic about geopolitical environment. I mean, he even mentioned a war at one point. You know, like, possibility of that. Am I going to take... uh, Am I going to have a risk of being in, in an international war? There we go. It would raise lots of, uh, lots of threats, different investment threats. He's talking about economic threats. Look to parts of the world that are not plagued with this. He thinks like emerging, he's talking, he mentions emerging Asia, India. Diversify, look at neutral countries during that time as well. Uh, watch out for government controls on capital markets though and logical step which is a logical step that happens. History has shown that. So going back to Jeremy, he says, if you listen, if you believe in inflation, you know that inflation is going to happen and going to stick around. You know you know resources do very well and the rest of the economy does bad. There's a strong case for a resource portfolio, he thinks. And the last time we had a super bubble in commodities, there were large mines waiting to come online, but that they put no capex into that sector recently in the last 10 years and since China started slowing down its buying and growth in the past 10 years so it's in a different situation raw material constraints he's talking about there so and Ray says uh, the US dollar, he's asked about the US dollar as a reserve currency What? Uh, what he's, he's talking about what is a store of wealth in the coming in this inflationary environment he says all currencies will compete, a lot of them uh, we're in a store of wealth issue. Store hold. We're in a storehold of wealth issue. So, thinking about where, you know, is a store, store of wealth. What is that in this environment? Think about currencies to hold. Store holds of wealth. Gold. He talks about gold for a while saying gold is an overlay and insurance only, only an insurance policy. In war, it's the only asset that's not someone else's liability. So, it's like a thing in itself. Store an actual store of wealth that's not based on debt or credit. It is it is international and tried and true. Can be moved around. It's a hedge. As a hedge, it's good, but not as a core asset. And he talks about fifteen percent of portfolio being in gold, which has got quite high. I would have thought. I pretty much heard him in, in earlier times talking about ten percent, but maybe he's gone up to fifteen. He said cash will not be the best asset class. Cash is trash. Think of storeholds of wealth, he says, but not cash. Must be able to move it from country to country. Cash is trash. So Jeremy talks about climate change, his investing in climate change. He says, obviously, gas, oil and gas are unsustainable. And uh, he talks about reading uh, Reading history of the rise and fall of civilizations over thousands of years, and there are about and there are five to six major reasons they happen, including overburdening the environment. Complexity is another one. Too much complexity, uh, which all complexity is very energy intensive, is what we have, kind of have now. And the current global civilization checks off all, every, almost every one of these five or six things. So pretty pessimistic. He says, humans appeared to be hardwired to self-destruct. We will expand to fill the the, uh, space available. But he does say, you know, more optimistically, we've got some escape clauses from this. uh, And one of them is choosing to have fewer children, which we're doing about population, sort of not replacement. We're way down on replacement rate in places like Europe, Japan, Taiwan, China. And that's a necessary condition for sustainability. So on the one hand, it's, he, he was saying before, economically it's a stress. It's uh, not great economically, in terms of economic growth, but it's good for sustainability. So he's saying also the speed of our science is also a good factor. We're trying to compound to an, on a finite planet, and but he says there is a whiff of the infinite that we have in technology such as fusion and green you know, green tech um, the, uh, fusion of you know energy that will never run down abundance of energy and that is cheap and geothermal is infinite and green so these things aren't assured, we don't have enough of them but there's a possibility of that and also e- to energy storage to go along with that, which basically is batteries and I know he's invested in a battery company um, and so energy to storage to go with renewables. If we can get the cost down and mix it with solar and wind, the time it takes to get there will be will be the problem though. So if we can get there in time with climate change looming without having too much damage or irreparable damage. So Jeremy has a foundation for climate uh, and he finds that an exciting area that he's working on uh, and investments in. And we have to look at growth that's sustainable versus not. And he thinks that's kind of been the biggest areas in the coming decades. And I, I actually agree with that, even if it's even if prices are elevated or have been in the last few years. It's it, it's got to be. It is. I mean, it's just it's got such a huge tailwind. And he talks about EVs versus uh, ICE vehicles, combustion engine vehicles, and fossil fuels versus renewables. So you know these ICE vehicles and Fossil fuels are kind of sunset, even though we'll keep using, we'll probably keep using them, just because, the whole, you know, the whole world runs on it, but progressively changing over the transition, I mean, it's got great tailwinds. So that's it for the interview. That's all. So uh, if you found any value on this, like and subscribe, wherever, get notifications, and join me on Twitter at The Art of Value. Okay, hope you enjoyed that. See you next time.